Yes, Father, speak to our hearts today, God, as we dive into Psalms chapter 5, God. I pray that you would highlight those precious things that you want us to take out of this chapter, God. Help us to just have open hearts and receive, God, what the Spirit wants to give us. And we love you. We bless your name, God. We worship you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Good morning, everybody. Amen. Morning to you, Tally. Yes, good morning, Wova. Yeah, we're going to try to keep this more of a conversation. Sometimes we get caught up in trying to, you know, because we're both preachers, so sometimes we get into the thing of just preaching, but it's important to just, like, just remember that this is just a conversation. That's right. So, um, we talked, uh, chatted a little bit beforehand, but um, I wanted to highlight verses 1 and 2, and I know it maybe it would sound a little bit repetitive to last time, yeah. um, but David here specifically mentions, like, my translation here says that, it says, give ear to my words, O Lord, consider my groaning, give attention to the sound of my cry. And last week we were highlighting about like the importance of coming before God honestly, you know, just as you are. Yeah. And I think he's highlighting this even more here. He says he's coming into this psalm and he's coming in like without even words. Yeah. And he says, God, consider my groaning. Yeah. And it kind of just reminds me of like a, almost like a, a father-son relationship that David had with God, he was always just, like, never hesitant to come to dad, you know? Like, hey, I'm struggling with this, or I need help with this, or this is bothering me. I really need you to, like, do something about it, you know? Yeah. It was it's just interesting like, you say that, because not a lot of people have relationships like that with their dad. Yeah. Yeah. Especially us Slavics. Yeah. Or, <laughs> especially us, I think. Or, we or just dads, have a, sometimes they were, like, a little too busy with work or whatever to, to be available like that, but... um great dads though slavic dads yeah all the way shout out we love you yeah um but that's interesting that you know david comes in this way and in and um we know that god hears him in his groaning and yeah. we'll chat about that in just a minute yeah and another thing i want to mention is god opened uh god's door is open because he opened it like as simple as that sounds um you know especially for us that like who who work like in a bigger company or something you know, you can come to your boss's like hallway or wherever he works or his his place of uh, his office, and if his door is closed, like you're gonna be like kind of like ah, I don't know if it's it's the right time to speak with him or what. But if his doors are open, like it's it's almost like an invitation, like come on in, you yeah. know. Yeah. And that's how we ought to view God because, I mean, like even remembering the New Testament, the veil was torn right from top to bottom. That means yeah. that no man can take credit. Yeah. Like God, he didn't open like he didn't tear the veil so that we can only approach him um like come before his presence but he opened uh the veil like he tore the veil be so that we can his presence could come into us you know and that we could be carriers and temples and that's 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 torn it's not like it's like opened like he lifted the gate he yeah. lifted the, the tarp you know for you to come in yeah. he ripped it it was broken like for good yeah and i think th in this psalm this is entire psalm it's really highlighting like how we approach God. Yeah. Right. So number one, we mentioned about approaching him with just as you are, like, even if you're not even speaking words, like just come to God, even in your moaning, even in your groaning, if you're crying, like something's really hurting you and you just want to yeah. cry before God, go ahead and do that. And he hears your cry. Yeah. You know, um, you yeah. were mentioning about like that open door, like in verse seven, um, just jumping ahead. He says, I will enter. He says, he talks about all these things about like, um, evil people that are not going to stand in God's presence, right? Like what he says, like wicked people are not going to dwell with you and all this. 
and then he turns it in verse 7, which I think is like the highlight. He says, but I, through your abundance of your steadfast love, will enter your house. And I think that just like, that shows, it's kind of like that open door, open door policy. It's like, God opened up that door by sending his son Jesus. He opened up that door. And yeah. that's why we can enter in. Not because I'm coming in because I'm an employee. I'm coming in because that door is open for me. Yeah. Yeah, in the second half of uh, verse 7, it says, I will worship at your temple with deepest awe. Like, that's the thing. Sometimes we come to God with, like, all of our requests. Like, God did this, help me with this. But as soon as, like, we truly enter into God's presence, we have no reaction but standing in awe. Like, he reminds us of who he is. And then through that, it just kind of comforts us knowing that everything's going to be all right. Yeah. You know? and, and, and I'd like to highlight that, Vitaly, because... It's not necessarily David in this entire ch chapter so far. The way I see it is he's putting everything into perspective. Yeah. Less of him, more of God. He talks about all the evil people. They're not going to stand in his presence, right? Yeah. The boastful. They're not. He's, he's not. They're not going to stand in his. And then, but David says, "But me, I'm going to enter in because of your faithful love. Yeah. Your steadfast love, right? So David is minimizing himself. He's taking himself out of the picture, you know, and he's putting God." God into the picture and that's in, in his in his a prayer like you're saying he's just worshiping God yeah it's not about me it's not about my groaning it's not about my problems it's about worshiping God he's so amazing he's so good right yeah so David worshiped in his groaning he didn't like complain to God like man life sucks right now you know he does the other times but yeah yeah um but that's really cool I, I really like that it's because I don't I don't really see that in this chapter until now but like he really magnifies god and minimizes himself yeah and, and that's true worship to be honest worship is when you forget about yourself it's just like this undivided attention i have my eyes on you lord i have my my gaze on you and really nothing in the world matters at the moment you know yeah and he, and he comes before god and he it's not even like he's yeah well we can yeah. Just to add another little detail, back in verse 3, um, David says, Listen to my voice in the morning, Lord, and each morning I bring my request to you and wait expectantly. And David can wait expectantly because he knows that God heard him. Yeah. You know, he expects a dialogue. It's not just like, oh, I'm just going to kind of um, tell God all my things, what's on my heart, and when, then kind of go on with my day. Yeah. When I leave you a voicemail, I don't wait, you know, because I know you didn't hear it. Yeah. But when I talk to you, I tell you something and then sure. I wait because I know you heard me. Yeah. And so that it, it's like a it's like a confidence in coming before God. Yeah. And the cool thing is, is that it's not like Kashas Vitali. He doesn't come. He doesn't wait expectantly because he said it right, or because his need is so big. He comes. He's expectant of God because he knows God heard. Yeah. Can we? Can we? Do we know that? Yeah. And. And just how much more are we able to practice that today or like live in that reality? Because David, he lived before Jesus died on the cross. But almost it's almost like as if David was, he was well before his time, you know? He understood the concept of grace and mercy and like coming boldly before God. Yeah. Before any of that was even written. Right. Because, but I think also think that like God shows tidbits because he's so, that story to him is so, not story, that action of coming down on the cross and dying is so huge that it just transcends all everything like yeah. in creation there's images and in, in of like the gospel and the creator 
and in stories of the bible like you know so many times like letting down a scarlet throat a rope like why does it have to be scarlet why not blue you know what yeah. I mean? But like there's images of the of the cross of the gospel yeah. in the Old Testament all this time. The little shadows of what yeah. actually came. In David's personal life and so many. Yeah, true. Um and just to end off, um David at if you read the the last two verses, eleven and twelve, it says, But let all who who take refuge in you rejoice. So he left with just a glad heart. Yeah. You know? And but, it seems like there's a pattern, like even with last week's uh podcast, like there was there's always this david comes into god's presence in a bad mood like irritated about something but he leaves just filled yeah but the cool thing to tell you is is that he didn't come to god saying god listen i'm not rejoicing or i'm sad or help me because i'm he just came and he says he just in his groaning he came and worshiped yeah and god knows his need even in his groaning even without his words he knows he knows his needs and he blesses him with you know joy and protection and whatever it also says in verse 11 and 12, you know, rejoicing, joy, protection, um, blessing, favor, you know, verse, verse 12 says yeah. favor. Um, and us like the, the proper or the, the reaction we must have when we actually truly meet with God is just a joyful heart. Like it, it might sound so simple and like, okay, Vito, what are you trying to say? But like, his heart was filled with praise forever, you yeah. know, because he chose to take refuge in God. Yeah, even if even if even if God is convicting you, it's not a dead end. Yeah. God is never his his message is never a dead end message. It's never a condemning message, right? Even if it's convicting, God needs to convict you of something that call you out on something that you're doing wrong. Yeah, like the result of it is joy. Yeah, right. God still cares. He still loves. Yeah. So. Yeah, God bless you guys today. Um, you know, I think that there's a there's a lot of things that we kind of highlighted here, but I think at the end of the day, it's just looking at like how do you approach God? How do we stand before Him? Yeah. It's so easy to just come in our our world view of like I'm gonna approach God because I'm good. I'm gonna approach God because I didn't sin. I'm gonna approach God because I'm so and so and whatever. But David just like puts everything into perspective of like, listen, I'm coming here because God, you're so good. I'm coming here because God, your your steadfast love, and I'm gonna and, and God blesses him. Yeah, and for whoever needs to hear this today, like you're never too far gone. Like it doesn't matter how many times you messed up. Doesn't matter, yeah. like if you've been running from God for years or even decades. You know, like he's he's there. He's waiting for you with open arms. His door's open. Exactly. So just walk on in and just just talk with him. You know, yeah. pour out your heart. And uh, I guarantee you, you might have the same results as David. And if you're looking for a sign to really convince you that God is loving you. This is your sign. (laughs) This is your sign. Yes. All right. God bless you guys. All right. We love you.